Welcome to the Fantasy NASCAR Podcast. I am Race for the Prize. Follow me on Twitter. Go to racefortheprize.com. That's where you can get access to the Fantasy NASCAR spreadsheet for the month of February. 30 bucks. All the sheets. Maybe you just want to taste Daytona $12 or any of the subsequent weekends. Go to racefortheprize.com to get more information. Or just Venmo, PayPal, or Cash App me. The money links are on my website or you can search me up in the app. Simple transactions. Send the money to me. I will give you access. You can see on the screen the upcoming live before lock shows, 215, 217, and 218. So Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, tentative times are posted answering your questions. Speaking of live shows, before we talk about small team success at Daytona, we did a truck series small team success pod, and that led to a comment. And speaking of YouTube, here's the comment from Joggy James. By golly, you're right. I've been not playing good drivers for no other reason that other drivers are playing them. That should be them. Never again, I've seen the light. Clearly the use of I've seen the light, and by golly, is sarcasm. He is mocking me. He does not agree with my take that, hey, just play the good drivers. This is not 4D chess. You're not solving polynomial equations. Joggy does not agree. He thinks that maybe I'm making something up. Clearly, he has not watched live before lock shows. He does not follow DFS NASCAR touts. It is a a familiar, a common theme in the DFS NASCAR streets that you don't always play the good drivers, especially at a plate track or even other courses. Joggy, maybe, I don't think he's new because I think he's been on YouTube for 20 years. I think it's what his account says. By the way, I'm not calling him out. And I, I think his criticism is valid in that, yeah, it is kind of a stupid take on my part to just, hey, play the good drivers. And, of course, you watch and say, yeah, of course. Is this a YouTube video of a guy saying, play good drivers? What am I watching? I'm saying that to reiterate the point that sometimes we go too far with DFS game theory. Sometimes we outsmart ourselves. If you've watched a lot of these Live Before Lock shows, they'll tell you not to play a good driver in good equipment with a good possibility of scoring points simply because that driver is going to be too popular and everybody's going to own him. So if you have less of him than other drivers and something bad happens, then you have leverage. Well, if something doesn't happen, if there isn't an unfortunate event for that driver, because there usually isn't unfortunate events for that driver, because that driver's a good driver, like Joggy saying, the good guys, then you're going to lose. And so you have outsmarted yourself. You've made it more difficult on yourself. You've made it more challenging. So that's my point, is that sometimes we go a little too far with pushing certain DFS theories. And look, when you have an hour to fill on a DFS NASCAR podcast or a Live Before Lock show, that sometimes may just be a sentiment or an idea that you want to plant, saying, hey, maybe we shouldn't have super high ownership on this really good car starting in the back. Maybe we need to consider that, period. But when you got to have 59 more minutes to fill, that starts to grow. It snowballs. And the next thing you know, everybody in the chat is fading the best driver. That's what I'm getting at, Joey. So I'm glad you brought up that point. I know you're kind of mocking me, making fun, poking fun. But it's lighthearted. It's fun. I get it. Let's go to the Xfinity Series. See, you can take shots at me. I don't mind, man. I got pretty thick skin. As you know, I'm a teacher. So you won't have thick skin. Get into this profession. You're going to take some shots every day. So take your shots. It's not going to bother me. I usually try to take those shots and use those wounds to grow. And right there, it's a growing process. So we can see the list of small team owners and their top tens. 
at Daytona in the Xfinity Series. The first thing that you're going to notice when you look at this list and compare it to the video we did on the Truck Series is it's much longer. But before you jump to conclusions, and I know what you're thinking, because I did the same thing and I caught myself. Like, whoa, because I had to input the data. And I thought, whoa, there's a lot more teams having success, a lot more small teams experiencing success in the Xfinity Series than in the Truck Series. And then I caught myself and realized, whoa, pump the brakes. In the Truck Series, we run two Daytona races every year. And you'll see that the small team drivers have hit 29 times. A small team driver or team has earned a top 10 at Daytona 29 times. In the Xfinity Series, we've had 68 drivers or small team owners have a good payday, get a top 10 finish. I know if you're looking at the screen, say, oh, but you added James Whitener, you got a 14 here. Well, because there was nothing else in the Daytona Spring Race of 2016. Otherwise, it would have looked blank and it would have looked like the data was missing, like I missed a race. So the highest scoring team in 2016 was a 14th place finish. I had to stretch it a little bit, but I didn't want to look like it looked like a gap in the data. Welcome to Spreadsheet Life. Revealing, have fun. Yeah, what you want behind the curtain? You want to look at the nuts and bolts? No, you don't. This is kind of stupid stuff you have to talk about, think about. But back to the point, 68 times. So 68, clearly more than 29, but wait a second. Hold up. Hey. <laughs> there are two Daytona races each season in the Xfinity Series. In Truck Series, there is just one race. So we are comparing 20 races versus 10 races. That means you would need to cut this number in half. So if you cut 68 in half, you've got 34 compared to 29. It's pretty much the same. Pretty much the same. The success rate for small teams in the Xfinity Series versus the Truck Series, pretty much the same. So we look at 10 years, two races a year, 68. So we take that, divide it, cut it, flip it. Basically, you're looking, same thing in the Truck Series, two to three small team drivers grab themselves a top 10 every season. We'll run through them just to get familiar with the names. Why not? Because these are going to be some of the teams that are going to score fantasy points come Saturday afternoon in the Xfinity Series. We're not looking at Talladega. We're just simply looking at Daytona. We could expand the data some, but I do just like looking solely at Daytona. Daytona in the Xfinity Series, upon my recollection, always wild. Always wild. The first race gets kicking off and goes nuts. And then everyone knows how these summer Daytona races go. So, Talladega, again, under my general assumption and generalizations, isn't as erratic from my past experience. Could be wrong. I'm just doing that off the top of my head, not looking at specific data. But that is my general outset. And so, I'm just going to lean on the Daytona data. Here we go. Last fall at Daytona, we had four small teams get themselves into a top 10 finish. Rod Sieg, Jordan Anderson, BJ McLeod, Bobby Dodder, anyone that's been playing DraftKings Fantasy NASCAR over the last handful of seasons is very familiar with these Xfinity teams. They've all been around since it launched in 2018. 
And those that were Xfinity fans before that were familiar with these teams. And they're not complete jokes. They have a chance occasionally at an intermediate or short track, but they always show up at the plate tracks. Sieg has been exceptional. Jordan Anderson, very well known and renowned for his plate track success. BJ McLeod, we know McLeod. Bobby Dodder, we know Bobby Dodder Sieg. We can see over here on the right side that Ryan Sieg and Rod Sieg lead the small team owners in top tens at Daytona with 13 over the last 10 years. Meaning that every year, not necessarily every race, but around every year, a Rod Sieg car will end up in the top 10 at Daytona, be it the fall or the summer race. We look at the Daytona Spring Race in 2023. Jordan Anderson car again. Not necessarily Jordan Anderson, but a Jordan Anderson driver. And then two of the Sieg drivers. I don't have the data in front of me. You can look this up on other sheets. You can just simply go to the Daytona Spring Race and see which Sieg car it was. I believe it would be... Well, actually, I don't have the data to cross-reference who specifically it would have been. Well, obviously, it's going to be Ryan Sieg, and I guess Parker Retzlav. Don't think Parker Chief. Well, actually, here, yeah, we could. This is simple. Uh, we see the Sieg car finished seventh and eighth. And we'll just go over here and look and see who finished seventh and eighth. It actually was Joe Graff and Ryan Sieg that uh, ended up with those top tens. Ooh, no. Don't move on me, boy. Don't move on me. All right, 2022. Jeremy Clements wins the race. Driver owner, Timmy Hill for Carl Long, finishing second in a chaotic summer race. You got a Jerry Brown and Brandon Brown. You got Tommy Joe Martins and his Alpha Prime team. You got a Johnny Davis, one, two, four, five, six. That, my friends, is the chaos of the Daytona summer race. I've got it called Daytona fall race. You want to call it Daytona second race, whichever you want to call it. But four of the five drivers, four of the five of the six drivers or small team guys. I'm going to put a bold line here, make this a little easier. No, it's separate data. And then going even further, you've got Mario Gossin in eighth. You've got Carl Long in ninth. You've got Rod Sieg in tenth. That's just one race, folks. That Daytona summer race, the only spot they didn't take was, what, three and seven? Eight of the ten positions were small team drivers. And that's recent history. I mean, just within the last two seasons, we've got 19. Right here it is. This is the beginning of 2022. Last two seasons, 19 small team owners have gotten top tens at Daytona. So almost five per race. So when you're building those DraftKings lineups on Saturday afternoon, I um, hate to say this to you. What's that guy's name? Jolly... Gory Joggy. Hate to say this to you, Joggy, but maybe I was wrong. Maybe everybody. <laughs> oh, Lord. So Joggy was mocking me for me kind of mocking other people. But in the end, uh, Joggy and myself, uh, maybe we shouldn't be playing the big drivers. Maybe we shouldn't be playing the good drivers this weekend. Maybe simply we should play some scrubs in the back and just go completely to the small teams. 
I don't know. If I get a very good like junior motorsports car or a JGR car starting in the back, I think I want to play them. But when you look at this data in front of you, what's happened over the last two seasons, 19 of the cars in the top 10 have been small team owner cars. Ugh, maybe I shouldn't play upstairs. I can probably swallow that pill in the Xfinity series. I'm going to have a much tougher time fading top-tier drivers in the truck series. If Ben Rhodes is starting 19th, I think i got to play him. If I get a decent Thor, a Ty Majeski, a Thor Sport truck, um, you know, any of the elite teams, what, what, whatever elite teams still remain, is Bill McAnally now one of the elite teams? I'm going to have to consider them elite. There's no more KBM. Uh, inspire an elite team. Am I just going to have to look at specific drivers? I mean, the name Matt Crafton pops up, and Matt Crafton has been terrible in the plate races over the last 10 years. So I don't know if I would go there. So maybe I'm, even in the truck series, I'm not playing elite drivers. Sorry, Joggy. I, I guess that uh, we are now actually seeing the light. Who knows? So we go back and we look at the spring race in 2022, and we've got Chris Auer. Our motorsports, not the smallest of teams, it's not a big team. Sieg again, Gosselin again, there's Jerry Brown, there's Chris Auer. Auer, not super small, but yeah, he's a small team. 2021 fall, Auer, again, I had to expand the data a little bit, otherwise it would look like I was just missing data. 11th was the best in that summer race, so pretty calm one there. The calm one before the chaos of 2022 and 2023. We go to the Daytona Spring Race in 2021. Hour again, finishing second. A Jerry Brown car finishing sixth. Sam Hunt finishing eighth. And Rod Sieg finishing tenth. There is no guarantee that you know, a tenth place finish by a Rod Sieg car is going to end up in the optimal lineup. But the assumption is that if it's a Sieg car, it more than likely started pretty deep in the field and thus scored a lot of place differential points. And although it didn't score a maximum amount of finishing position points, it more than likely ended up above the top six cut. We'll just look it up. Let's see who scored 10 points for Rod Sieg in 2021 in the Daytona Spring Race. They want to take guesses. Jeff Green. We want to say Jeff Green, Ryan Sieg, and then did he make it into the optimal lineup? Who finished 10th? Is Jason White. Jason White finishes 10th. He scores the second most fantasy points at 65.35, 30 place differential points. There you have it, folks. 10th place is going to get it done when you're starting all the way in the back. $6,000 Jason White, but you know, salary obviously doesn't matter. Caesar Baccarella. I wonder if we're going to get some Caesar action this weekend. Crossing the Rubicon. Diving into Daytona with Alpha Prime like he normally does. Probably. But then, when he's about to win, well, he doesn't stab you in the back. Brutus does. And you lose all of your DFS money. 2020, fall, summer race Daytona. Bobby Donacar finishes second. I think that might have been Greg Galding. Mari Goslin, ninth place. And then a Johnny Davis car, JD Motorsports car, finishing 10th. In the spring of Daytona, before our worlds changed, Carl Longcar finished third, Jerry Brown car seventh, was probably Brandon Brown, a Bobby Dodder in eighth, a Sieg in ninth, and a Gosselin in tenth. We're seeing some familiar patterns here. I don't think I need to go through all of these. 
Um, what I do want to point out, you can see simply, let's go over the numbers. 2019 summer race, we had six Xfinity small team owners scoring finishes of 5th to 10th. That's a lot. And the spring race of 2019, only two. There were two seed cars. 2018 summer, three. You got a Fury race cars popping up in 2018. Remember Fury? Fury was the throw together Shane, uh, what is Shane's last name, Nakuchi? But more importantly, it's Kaz Grala's operation with Kaz and Kaz's dad's money. And they scrambled midseason to throw something together. And Kaz got himself a fifth place finish in the state tuna summer race. Before that, it wasn't JGL, it was something else. It was him and, uh, geez, I can't remember that kid's name. We can look that up. But it started as actually the James Whitener cars, which were the JGL Young Guns. It had that kind of slight Toyota connection to CRD and JGR. It's going to be the next big thing. Casgrala joined in. They run out of money halfway through the season, and then they form Fury race cars. But nonetheless, James Whitener, JGL, and these Fury cars were pretty solid at the plate tracks. They didn't do much anywhere else, and they went broke. But there's a bit of a run if you're a little bit of an older Xfinity fan. If you watched Xfinity series before DraftKings, then you were very familiar with JGL and James Whitener, and then the crossover into Fury racing. Johnny Davis has been with us for a while. Harry Scott. Man, I remember the year that the Cup Series where Clint Boyer had to run for H. Scott Motorsports. That transition year between Waltrip shutting down and Boyer going into SHR. That was a painful season for Boyer. Man, I wonder if he has PTSD from that. Anyway, let's just look at the owners real quick and see who's been successful. We don't really worry about Whitener anymore, but... Segan Davis, these are cars that, for whatever reason, you're searching in the back and you can't decide on which driver that you like the most or who is going to be in the optimal lineup of DraftKings. Maybe you should lean into Sieg, lean into the Davis cars. They've had the most success in terms of small teams. Not even close. Now, when we look at these raw numbers and we compare them, it's a bit skewed because some have more cars, some have participated in more races. So again, Sieg has been in just about every race. They have been, and they've had multiple cars in every race. Thus, they're going to have more top tens than some of these teams that uh, Jeremy Clements has one car. That still seems pretty low. Only three times has Clements got a top ten in the last ten seasons at Daytona. It's 20 races. That's pretty low. But you have to use that context when kind of going through these numbers. Um, but I still think it's fine just to look and say, hey, I know Sieg's put more cars on the track. I know that Sieg has run every one of those races. So there may be more data drawing into his being at the top. Nonetheless, it's still 13. It's still 12 for Johnny Davis. And those are teams that I might lean into. Tommy Joe Martins is just one top 10. Ouch. Let's go back and look at the truck series column because I didn't look at this yesterday, like sorting it. And we'll see that the same thing when building in the truck series, if you're looking back at the data 
and you've got some small teams in the back and you're having a hard time making a decision between who should I lean into. Remember, these numbers are going to be smaller because they've run half of the amount of races of the Xfinity Series. Randy Young's trucks have five. Cody Roball, three. Tim Self, three, which is, uh, you're not going to see Tim Self. He's more of AM racing in the Xfinity Series now, more in the ARCA Series. Ricky Benton, you're not going to see him. He's gone. Jordan Anderson, Xfinity Series. Rayum, uh, still, not just still here, maybe getting better. And then these other guys have gotten one top 10, but the clear answer is going to be Randy Young. Thanks for joining me today on the Fantasy NASCAR podcast and talking Xfinity series. I'll do a couple more Xfinity throughout, maybe throughout the weekend, maybe not. Start ramping up. Got some salaries for the Cup series for next week. Probably start focusing on the duels, getting ready for the live shows. Once again, you can go to raceforthepride.com. That's where you can get access to the Fantasy NASCAR spreadsheet. It just gives you simple information about what the spreadsheet is and how you can get a hold of me and simply just follow the PayPal Venmo Cash App links. Send some money my way, and then I send you access to all this data so you can build your own lineups. You can do your own thing. Leave comments on the YouTube video, subscribe, share, even if they're pessimistic comments or sarcastic and mocking. Uh, I can benefit from those. People watching can benefit from those. Um, and if it's funny, it's funny. I don't know if that one was so much funny, but either way, it brought up a good point. Give me a talking point. Give me something to discuss on the podcast, which, you know, Free content ideas are always appreciated. So thanks for joining me. Blessed to have you guys around. Love you guys. Trip the lights. Fantastic. Enjoy Daytona.